What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday night, Leap Day, and we are the Stone Down Sports Podcast. We are thrilled to be here with you tonight. We are doing part two of our outfielder preview for fantasy baseball. Season's creeping up on us, and, and that's right, like Kyle popped up there on the screen. Like and subscribe. We are on the march to 200 subscribers, so if you're joining us after the fact and checking this out, drop us a like. Drop a subscribe. We're here to help you out. Kyle, we talked about it on Tuesday. Outfield is not as deep as it has been in, in years past. And, and as we kind of go through these guys, you know, there's top heavy talent. There's some decent mid-round values. And, and then later on, you know, we're going to get to dudes who are more of a, a lottery ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll start off with judge and make our way down all the way to, you know, Jake, somebody like Jake Fraley, um, Chris Bryant towards the lower end. Um, there's always things with those guys that, you know, cause them to be not very good. <laughs> they got warts. <laughs> they got warts, but, um, yeah, it's it, outfield's not very deep. Um, there's going to be somebody who emerges, um, that we may talk about tonight or, or not, but that might end up, you know, being a solid contributor, uh, a contributor to your fantasy team, winning yourself a, a championship, hopefully. Yeah. Sure Dubo thing. in the chat here. Oh, you're on it. Yeah. Evening boys. Thanks for joining us up there in, uh, Northland, Northland. I don't know. Minnesota. Dude, Minnesota was, it was weird living in Austin in spam town city, mm -hmm. USA. Because you could, on hot summer days there, you could smell uh, and hear uh, pigs. And, uh, in fact, I had an apartment very close by to one of the main factories there for them. And uh, now I know why the rent was so cheap. Yeah, for sure. But anyway. and, you know, Quite <laughs> frankly, no one cares. Um, right. Why don't we dive into things first? We're going to pop up uh, our outfielder rankings. One through 75, we realize that, you know, there's some leagues where you only start three outfielders, other leagues where you're starting five. Sure. You know, and, yeah. and quite frankly, some of these dudes, even beyond, you know, we'll call it 50, 51, you might run into a relevant guy or two. You never really know. We got Unk back in the house. Jung Ho Lee and James Wu crushed today. Brother, I'm going to have to take your word for it. I've not had a chance to uh, to dig into a whole lot, really. I, I do know that Tarek Skubal has looked pretty good this season. We're not okay. talking about outfielders, but, man, am I geeked to see him. Uh, happy you decided to join us again today. James okay. Wood, that dude. Yeah, we talked about him in our pros one of our prospect preview videos. Check that out. Um, very impressed with with him so far. Yeah, Washington, they've got a, a nice little stash of outfielders with, with Wood and, and Dylan Cruz as well. So mm -hmm. they're going to be a, a fun team to watch. But let's dive in. Uh, let's get things rolling here. First up, all rise. Aaron Judge of the New York Spankies. Got an ADP overall of 10. He's the number seven outfielder off the board going for a 40 spot. Um he is a dude who last year coming off his 2022 historic campaign, he put up impressive numbers, 
there was a decline because he only played in 106 games. He still managed to turn in a 267 average, maintained a high on base percentage of 406 and slugging a 613, giving him, giving him an OPS over 1,000 at 1 1.019. He had an OPS plus of 175, 75% above the league average. And again, remember those plus stats are normalized to 100. Anything above or below that is a percentage either better or worse than the league average. Despite him missing around a third of the season, he still managed to hit 37 home runs, drive in 75, and, and cross the plate 79 times. His walk rate increased to 19.2%, over double the league average, and up from 16% in 2022. That's just ridiculous. If one out of every five times you walk up to the plate, you're getting a free pass to first. His strikeout rate also increased by a similar margin going from 25.1% in 2022 up to 28.4% in 23, which is 6% over the league average. His stat cast data, dude's just off the charts, right? I mean, to begin with, the guy's a damn monster. Right. 6'10", 270 pounds or whatever the hell he is. Uh, average exit velocity was 97.6 mile an hour among the highest in the league. And his hard hit rate was 64.4%, which was also elite. Uh, the metrics underline his ability to consistently make solid, good, hard contact and drive the ball with force. At this point, we know who he is. He's that monster dude that smokes the ball. He hits a ton of fly balls and, and hits them with authority. Looking further at his stat cast percentile rankings, he's at the top of the board in all the expected stats, his exit velocity, max EV, hard hit, walk rate, and chase rate. While his strikeout rate and whiff rate are through the roof, he more than makes up with it with all of his offensive production. Look, there's even here with him at the top of the board, he's got some warts. He's only played in 140 plus games in three of his six full seasons. So time missed with injuries is a legit concern. But as we saw last year, he can still put up ridiculous numbers with limited playing time. He's got a really disciplined approach at the plate and the ability to draw walks uh, really make him much better in on-base percentage leagues than average leagues. Um, but again, you're, we're still talking about a, a top 10 player here. He remains one of the premier power hitters in the league, and his advanced metrics suggest he's going to continue to do that. The combination of power, plate discipline, and run-producing capabilities make him a very viable candidate at the top of the draft this year, regardless of any strikeout concerns. And don't forget, this should be an improved lineup with the team's offensive additions. This year, I'm going to go conservative. I'm going to say 40 home runs. He's going to drive in 100, score 95, a 280, 390, 90 triple slap. Uh-oh, have we lost Matt? All right. Or if we lost me, I'm not sure, but I'll keep talking. Um, hundred. He, he got hurt last year, and um, his 162-game pace, he missed eight weeks, but his 162-game pace would have been 57 homers, 115 ribbies, 121 runs, and five steals. Just sick. So if he plays 140 games this season, he's going to hit 45 home runs. Oh, hell yeah, he is. That's 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 just the, the skinny uh, the skinny of it. So um, you mentioned the lineup there. They really hurt last year without having another hitter other than, you know, Judge or 
Glaber Torres, maybe, I guess, but they really needed somebody else and, and getting Juan Soto, I think is going to help. So that'll help. Yep. And, and just <clears throat> if they can get 120 games out of, out of Stanton, that's going to help. Um, they are kind of a fragile lineup and, and something, especially with Stanton, I know we're not talking about him, but piss on it. It's our show and I'm going to talk about it. Sure. Um, the dude is just so jacked and you lose so much flexibility from that. I really think that was the cause of a lot of Stanton's injury issues was just, I mean, I ain't going to say the dude was roided up, but holy shit, he looked like he belonged in a WWE ring and, and not out there on a baseball field. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next up, Adelise Garcia. Boy, I love this guy. Um, with the Rangers, uh, I see Uncle Ted there says he's a Dallas, Texas, but uh, Rangers fan. So you were very happy last year, uh, with them winning a World Series. Um, Adelise, five career seasons, he said, won the World Series, probably had his, I think he had his best, uh, season ever hit 39 home runs. A lot of that was a surge in fly ball rate from uh, 39, eight in 2022, all the way to almost 47%, uh, or four, yeah, 47% uh, last season. Um, that's three seasons in a row now with at least 27 home runs or more. Uh, his expected slugging last year was 523 compared to his actual 508. So there could be some further upside with that um, this season. I think he made some strides um, improving his plate discipline. Uh, besting his career marks and strikeout percentage. He was at 27-7, but his career is 29-1. Walk rate, um, 10.3 last season versus a career 7.1. Um, improved that on-base percentage as well. Best OPS of his career last season. Uh, he uh, hit 836 versus a career 770. Just impressive stats in slugging, top 7% of the league. Average exit velo, top 9% of the league, top 4% of the league in barrel rate, and top 8% <laughs> in hard hit percentage. Guy just smacks the shit out of the ball. Um, he turns 31 this Saturday, March 2nd. Shows no signs of declines with the stats that I'm looking at. Um, could he swipe more bags? Probably. He had nine steals last season. Um, his 90% he did have a 90 percent uh, 90% success rate, Kyle. So look for him to maybe get a few more bags, maybe three more, maybe he gets a dozen this season. Um, I got him for 32 home runs, hundred ribbies, 90 runs, those 12 stolen bases. I think you'll have, you know, plenty of extra base hits again, you know, in the high twenties with doubles, uh, as well. I have him on my fantasy keeper league, uh, this year. I have him for 12 bucks fucking steal, uh, <laughs> cause he's going for 23, uh, on average. Um, yeah, I'm setting outfield this season. Not that I'm trying to toot my my team, but Betts and this guy and, and Santander, I think I'm pretty set for an outfield this season, hopefully. There's nothing wrong with tooting your own horn, Kyle. If we could all toot our own horn, I don't think any of us would be married. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> one of the big things that, that I liked about Garcia was the increase in his walk rate. It was up about 4%, which is fantastic. He's now well above league average. Um and you're right, as Unk pointed out there in the chat, he's got 20 steal upside. Yeah. So I think, he's, I, 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 think he, I got him at 25 he stole in 2022, but only a few off there. Uncle Ted, were by the different websites there are, I guess there's bound to be some differences. Stop fact checking our viewers, Kyle. <laughs> I'm um, fact checking here on the podcast. Yeah. He's 
and I kind of get the decrease in steals. I understand we got the new rules and, and people are running more and everything. But with that offense, like there's really no need sure. to be that aggressive and make unnecessary outs on the base paths when you've got just great hitter after great hitter after great hitter coming up behind you. And that ballpark, especially in the summer, most home runs in the league last year hit there at whatever the hell it's called. Um no, he, he's a fantastic outfielder. Um, he is somebody who, you know, quite frankly, you can build around. And, sure. you know, he's number eight outfielder off the board. I'm happy with that, especially where you're getting him 23 bucks. I, I pay that all day long and twice on Sunday. I think so. I think so. Love it. Next up, headed to Brewtown. Kristen Yelich, ADP of 76, going for about 20 dollars um number nine off the off the board or sorry number nine outfielder overall last season played in a lot of games 144 i think it's his best season since 2019 not in everything but because he just went off in 2019 2018 and 2019 for for that uh matter but um, really improved every fantasy relevant stat uh, year over year from 22 to 23. And he did it while playing in 10 fewer games. His 370 on base percentage. That's just sick. That's a, that's a super awesome <laughs> on base percentage was his best since 2019, pretty close to his career mark of 376. Um, that high average exit velocity and his hard hit solid batting average slugging percentage was good um, in the most significant categories like hard hit rate, barrel rate, line drive rate, they've remained unchanged the past two seasons. That's kind of what you want to see with a guy. He's, what, 32 in the the 30, 35 range. You start seeing those um, go down and decrease. You have a problem on your hands, um, but I don't see that with him. Um, I think the home run counts, it's never going to be where it was in, in 2018, 2019. Um, at that time, his launch angle was in the double digits. Now it hasn't been over 3.6 degrees over the last three seasons. So he's not hitting them out of the park like he used to. Definitely could hit the 2020 club this season. I know at the very least, 15-15 should be a lock. Um, that would be three years in a row for him. Uh, I think the other hitters that are being drafted around him offer some you know greater upside in certain categories but i think yelich gives you a floor in, in all of them um i like him 262 364 431 slash with a 795 ops i think i'll let 18 dingers 70 rbis score 80 85 runs and he's gonna he's gonna score or steal 23 bags at least 20 but i got him for 23 seems like a safe pick at a reasonable adp absolutely um you know, I like his hard hit and EV both increased. They're they're both uh, significantly above league average. Slight dip in his walk rate, but I mean, he's still four percent over the league average. His his strikeout rate improved. Uh, one thing you did notice with him, aside from his couple real big power hitting years, he's in a way he's kind of regressing to the player he was with the Marlins in that he hits more ground balls than I would really like to see. But at the same time, he does so much with him. He, I mean, he contributes across the board. All his numbers are, are well above average. I'm actually looking for him to be closer to 25 stolen bases. Okay. Um, but I, I think he's going to get to the, the 2020 mark for sure. 75 RBIs. And, and I think 
he's going to score quite a few runs. Um, he, he's a damn good player. He's not what he used to be, but I think if you keep your expectations kind of grounded in reality with you know where he's going, especially as you're getting close to that 100 overall ADP, absolutely. Um, Uncle Ted says all the AI data says don't draft a single starter till round 10 minimum. Hmm. Then go back to back closers, then all low whip starters, zero bats on the bench. Yeah, it, it that's an interesting route to take. Yeah. Um, and, and when it comes to drafting, look, each of us have kind of our specialty. You know, some guys are, are better at drafting hitters. Others are better at drafting pitching. And, and where I've excelled over the last half decade or more is finding cheap pitching. So I'm perfectly fine with holding off on, on starters until a little bit later in the draft. Um, the our main league that both Kyle and I play in is an auction league. And, and I couldn't tell you how many fantastic pitchers I've found in that three to $9 range. Mm-hmm. So now it's time. Oh, we got loud boy in the house. What up loud boy on, brother. Appreciate you coming through. Cal so. Schwarber. Gosh. Of the Phillies. He was a number seven outfielder last year. Um, he is our number 20 ranked outfielder this year. He had 511 points, averaged 3.2 points per game. He is the last of seven outfielders to accumulate more than 500 points, according to CBS standard scoring. Um, right now, he's the, the number 20 outfielder off the board. ADP is 79. You can get him for 16 bucks. Played in 160 games last year, which everybody knows availability is the best ability. Maintained his reputation as one of the premier power hitters in the league. Had 47 home runs, drove in 104. Uh, Plate discipline also saw a significant improvement. He had a career high 126 walks, which led to a 343 on base percentage, despite a batting average below the Mendoza line of 197. (laughs) Um, That's quite the disparity of damn near 150 point difference. Um, But just the fact that he can draw so many walks helps to offset his high strikeout rate. He had 215 punch outs last year. Um, In 2022, the dude hit 218 and you think, all right, that's, that's gotta be the bottom, right? He's kind of cratered on that bullshit. Like I said, that 197 batting average, we'd be lying if we said it wasn't a concern, right? Yeah. But he still had a strong slugging percentage at 474, and that shows us when he does make contact, it's impactful. His ISO and home run rates confirmed that the power hasn't waned, but the lower batting average and high strikeout rate show he, he's got a volatile all-or-nothing approach. Um it kind of seems like he's got an evolving approach at the plate just because of the increase in walks. And and he's somebody who, and this goes without saying, but for those of you that are newer to fantasy baseball, he is a much more valuable player in in on-base percentage leagues than he is average leagues. Uh, StatCast data from last year reiterates that power that we've all seen with a high number of barrels and a solid hard hit rate. He is somebody who I remember when he was with the Cubs and, and, you know, for those of you who've been around a little while, Ramey's a big Cubs fan and, you know, Cubs fans are kind of like vegans. They love to tell you about it. (laughs) You know, I thought that was the dude that they should have held on to. Um, Yeah. But for me, 
look, the, the power is real. He's been over 40 home runs for two years in a row. He hit, you know, 47 and, and 46 home runs. Um, but if you're in an average league and you draft him, especially if you're in a roto league, you've got to balance that out. You've got to find somebody who who's going to help negate his low batting average for this year. You know, my outlook for him is that of somebody who's a premier power source with the potential to give you a significant impact in both home runs and RBI categories. We love his improved walk rate, though the high strikeout rate and low batting average definitely present challenges. Uh, adjusting expectations and roster composition accordingly, that's going to be the key to you being successful if you have him on the team and make sure that you're leveraging his strengths while doing what you can to mitigate the weaknesses that he has for this year. I think he's going to hit another 40 bombs. He's going to have both 100 runs and RBIs. I'll give him a little bit of credit. The man's a professional baseball player. I think he can get back over the Mendoza line. I think he'll give you around a 215 average with a 340 on base and 480 slugging. Good for an 820 OPS. Um, you know, for for what you're getting him for, 16 bucks, especially compared to some of the prices we've seen with the dudes that we just got done discussing. Yeah. You know, I, when you look at strictly value and and just availability. I could certainly envision a scenario where I'd rather have Schwarber than Aaron judge. Yeah. Yeah. It, Cause yeah, if you're expecting value from Schwarber and batting average or stolen bases, you got the wrong guy. He's the poster boy, right? For three true outcomes. I mean, honestly, that's who I think of every time. Um, sure. He's a top 50 guy. Like you mentioned, uh, definitely an on-base percentage and, and in points leagues. Cause that 17.5% walk rate is Awesome. Awesome. Definitely likely to go fifth, sixth round, uh, depending on the league. You'd probably want to leverage him with like a high average, high speed outfielder, uh, if possible. So uh, let's see. What do we got here? Dun, dun, dun. So you can't add someone unless they have a major league appearance. No. So the way it works is, is once the the season starts and after we've had our draft, you can pick up some minor leaguers. We've got, I think it's six minor league slots and yeah. we have a, a two round minor league draft every year. You know, some guys, you know, there's a, a different approach and strategy, right? Some guys are, are perfectly willing to take somebody like Max Clark from the Tigers, who it's going to be three, four years before he hits the show. And other guys will go for someone like James Wood, like we were talking about earlier, who he's you know on ready. the cusp of, of coming up and, and ready to go it really just comes down to roster construction in, in your preference um but i I've like picked it. up dudes like you know I'll, I'll keep an eye on the minor leagues especially for pitching and, and last year i had some success with we'll use taj bradley as an example yep. the rays started having all their injuries at pitcher and i saw all right like is he going to be the next guy to get called up and so i picked him up a, a couple weeks before he did stashed him in a minor league slot. He came up and I took that shit to the bank now. <laughs> and he's somebody quite frankly, that I'm targeting this year. I think you're going to be able to get him to cheap for cheap, just because he had issues going deep into games last year. He, yeah. you know, he was usually out of the game by the fourth inning, fifth inning tops, but he would still give you elite level strikeouts. Agreed. It's definitely fun. I prefer it to, to regular, Redraft. I really like my keeper leagues and contract type leagues, football and baseball. 
AJ yeah. Smith Shaver. That's right. I had him last year uh, too, Unc. The Braves, I, I love how they work their pitching. And, and foolishly, I was kind of thinking, all right, maybe I can get myself another Spencer Strider here. They call up this young guy and he just lights the world on fire. But unfortunately, it didn't happen. No. All right. I'm talking too damn much. Here's somebody we, we hinted at on Tuesday. And now we are going to bring him up today. Uh, this fellow was lucky enough to be on my team, and I'm talking about none other than Lane Thomas of the Washington Nationals. Someone, so, someone you likely got off waivers. Yes, I certainly did. <laughs> um, I think most, I think most <clears throat> managers did, for sure. Um, he look surprised the whole fucking world by finishing as the number eleven outfielder last year. Scored 475 points, good for three points a game. This year, he's a number 26 outfielder off the board, an ADP just outside the top 100 at 109, and you can get him for lucky number $13. Um, yep, and we got him, what, number 27 in our rankings. Again, yes. you can find those rankings at the website, stonedonsportspodcast.com. Yeah, he's somebody who really broke out with his performance last season, making significant improvements pretty much across the board. Played in 156 games, had a batting average of 268, on base of 315, and slugged 468, which were all up from the previous year. Total bases were up to 294, thanks to his 28 home runs, 36 doubles, and three triples, showing that he's got a blend of, of power and speed. I really like the progress that he showed with his power. He had 28 home runs, which was up 11 from 2022. And he also stole 20 bases. And when you're getting, you know, outside the top 100 and, and can still find a legit 2020 guy, absolutely sign me up. Strikeouts kind of remained a concern, though. He had 176 against only 36 walks. So there, you know, there's a need for improvement with his plate discipline. Despite that, he actually increased his walk rate to 5.3%. And so maybe he's getting a little bit more patient now that he's getting legit regular playing time. Looking at his stat cast data, it shows a guy who makes solid contact quality with an average EV of 88.5 miles an hour and a hard hit percentage of 40.7%. Of both of which, which are roughly league average, but it does tell us that the, the home runs are legit. Looking forward to this year, I think he's poised to build on that breakout season. I think he's going to continue to provide you that blend of power and speed. However, for him to really take the next step and become an elite fantasy option, he needs to address his high strikeout rate and improve his on-base skills. But overall, look, the dude is a legit fantasy asset. He's got that combination of power and speed that we all look for. While the strikeout rate poses some risk to his average, he does have the ability to contribute in home runs, RBIs, runs, and stolen bases, and, and he's a really well-rounded option, especially where he's going uh, in the draft. Keep an eye on him in spring training and, and look for signs of continued improvement with his plate discipline. If he ends up doing that, you're getting a steal where you're taking him. For this year, I went a little conservative with just 23 home runs, driving in 80, scoring 90, and stealing 20, which again is another 2020 season, and I'll take it. I've got him for a 270 average, 325 on base, slugging 470, giving him a 795 OPS, which is well above league average. And look, the Nationals, they're they might be a team on the come now, not this year, but they've got some good young talent. And, you know, as we've kind of talked about, I don't want to say at length, but, you know, maybe more than we should. 
they got some folks coming in the minors, especially in the outfield with Dylan Cruz and, and Wood. Yeah. Have you uh, looked at his spray chart on StatCast? So uh, he is a <laughs> heavy pole hitter. He can really pull the ball. Uh, pull percentage of 49.7%. Uh, league average is 41.5%, right around there. With that strikeout rate, I, I kind of wonder, because you have players that are big pole hitters who hit home runs like Isaac Paredes, Nolan Arenado comes to mind. Um, the crucial difference there is that strikeout rate of you know over 25% for Thomas. The other two guys are 18% or below or so. And that's tough. I like that you projected him uh, – a few homers less, five homers less than, than last season. We'll see. Where is ADP sits, though? I might look elsewhere. I know on you. I'll take nope. him again. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. We got next up. Oh, hold on. We got some comments here. Do, 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 do. Chaz McCormick, Uncle Ted, is a must draft for me. 2020 stud leading. He's somebody I like as well. And. That's it. No. That's what they said to me about Ty Rangers two years ago. Or the Rangers. Jesus, sorry. They only won 60 games. Boom. World Series. Yep. Yeah, we're, well. we're kind of hoping for that with our Tigers, too. God, exactly. That Central's up for grabs, man. Up for grabs. All right. Next up, we have Tiasca Hernandez with the Dodgers. First year there. He was with uh Seattle last year, I do believe. Uh, spent yes, most sir. of his career with Toronto uh, there. Blue Yays is around. Yo, yo. Um, definitely been a consistent sort of so, uh, source of power in 2018. Blasting 22 uh, homers or more, uh, except for that COVID season. Still hit 16 of them, though, in 50 games. That's sick. That's very good. Um he finished number 33 overall last year. He's number 28 off the board this season. We have him at number 30. Uh, he's going about one pick 118 for about $14. Uh, you know, I like him, but this guy goes down swinging a lot. Like 211 times last year, a lot. Like bottom 9% of the league, a lot. <laughs> uh, he's had a 30, uh, over 30%. Um, Higher strikeout rate in four consecutive seasons from 17 to 20. It dipped in 21 to about 25%. It's right back up to the 31%. He's got a low walk rate, too, of only 5.6%. That 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 definitely um, reflects that poor on-base percentage of 305. Uh, bottom 13% in chase rate. Very bad whiff rate as well. Bottom 3%. That limits that average and that on-base percentage. Um, hitters who struggle with, you know, strikeouts also struggle with chasing pitches with rate that I think that perfectly describes Hernandez, but God, when he gets a hold of one, watch the fuck out, duck your head. Cause he can really <laughs> smack the ball exit velo 20%, top 20% of the league barrel rate, uh, top 12% of the league hard hit also top 10% of the league. That's bad at balls hit 95 miles an hour or more. In fact, his hard uh, hit percentage has been in the 91st percentile or better in three of the last four seasons. So, you know, his, if you look at his expected batting average and expected slugging, they match up pretty nicely with other premier hitters like uh, Julio Rodriguez, Manny Machado, Francisco Lindor. They're not far off. 
I think he can put if he can put up just like what he did last year. I think that's kind of good. I think that's probably his ceiling. Uh, his career contact rate is is not very good at sixty seven and a half percent. His swinging strike percentage is is kind of bad too at sixteen two. So that kind of tends to limit, you know, any additional fantasy upside for him. I have concerns about four seamers. Uh, his regression against four seam fastballs and his overall swing and miss tendencies. He only saw four seamers 23% of the time last season. That's far and away the lowest mark of his career. I mean, if that goes up to 29, 30%, his strikeout numbers could, I mean, 211 was ugly. If you can get uglier than 211, it, it could be bad. But on the good news, I still got him 28 homers, uh, 95 ribbies, 75 runs. I'll throw in eight stolen bases. I think he'll hit 260, 312, 471 with a 783 OPS. But that's strikeouts. They worry me. He's got a good lineup he's in this year. Seattle wasn't so great last year. But, um, well, they're a fine team. But I shouldn't say they're horrible. But um, definitely better. Oh, we got some comments. Yeah, me and I'm talking back and forth. <clears throat> cool. I like T. Oscar Hernandez. Um, he's somebody for, for whatever reason, I always picture him as older than he actually is. And, and I don't know why that is. Um, Look, the, the biggest thing with him, and I guess the, the biggest, we'll call it plus for him, is that lineup. He's going to be there with the Dodgers and, and that lineup. Matt froze again. Um, oh, he's or back. maybe it was me. I'm Who knows? Not sure. um, I don't have I don't have a love, warning signal that usually between, goes off. So. <laughs> Sorry. And dial up day that's definitely you dude uh yeah. if i recall too tiasco hernandez smashes lefties shit. all right um just dumb <laughs> just talk i think your audio's working your videos not all right anyway <laughs> anyways look it, the big upside for him is his um, you know, it's the lineup. It's going to be likely the best lineup in the national league. Atlanta is going to have a say in that. And, you know, in, in terms of all of major league baseball, Texas is certainly going to throw their hat in the ring. Shout out to you, Unc. Um, but look, plug him in there. He, he's going to hit, you know, probably fifth or sixth, something like that. So there's going to be ample opportunity for run production. And now as we're starting to get deeper into the one hundreds with these outfielders, you're going to be trading something, right? Sure. So you so you know you're you're going to have to sacrifice in in one area for gains in the other. I get the strikeouts are a concern, but that's not necessarily, you know, something new with with hitters of this kind of archetype. You know, they're going to give you the power. Maybe he sneaks his way to ten stolen bases, you know, but that's not why you're drafting him. You're, you're drafting him because of the lineup that he's in, because of just what exactly he can do when he gets hold of the ball. Um, I don't know that I'd pay 14 bucks for him. I don't know that I'd take him where he's going now at, at ADP. I think I, I'd rather pay closer to 10 bucks for him or, or maybe, uh, uh, you know, somewhere in the, the 130s for ADP. But, you know, a lot of it depends on how I built my team up to this point. We got on, you know, who AI keeps saying is the best 2024 player. 
I don't, Tarek but Scoobal. I bet you're going to Tarek Scoobal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, but I bet you're going to tell us. <laughs> All uh, right. Yeah, you're up. So, Colson Montgomery. Oh, shit. I wonder who trained that AI. Right. AI coming in with the hot takes. So, you know, we were not going to go an entire episode without talking about our Detroit Tigers. And you would be right. <laughs> Riley Green. Look at that dude. Look at the focus right there in that picture. He's ready just to smoke a shit out of that ball. He was a number 94 outfielder last season. Chipped in 250 points. Good for two and a half a game. He's our number 34 ranked outfielder. He's a number 39 outfielder off the board. An ADP of just under 160 at 158. You can get him for $9. Um, sophomore season last year marked a significant step forward for him as in his develop in his development and as a key player for the Tigers. Yes, I'm a little bit biased. It's my squad. He only played in 99 games and in doing so, posted a 288, 349, 447 triple slash. And that was improvement across all categories from his rookie year. His OPS jumped up to 796. His power was up a little bit too. He had 11 home runs. He only had five in his rookie year alongside 19 doubles and four triples. And that was mirrored by a slurge, slurge, a surge <laughs> in his slugging percentage and his ISO, which was at 159. He has the ability to use the entire field, and, and that was evident in his profile uh, with a significant portion of his hits going to center in the opposite field, which really speaks to his mature for his age uh, approach at the plate. That said, his pull percentage is a hair above league average. Uh, despite an increase in strikeouts, uh, he was up to 114, but there was actually a drop in his overall strikeout percentage. He maintained a consistent walk rate right, right around league average at 8.4%. Look, he still strikes out more than you'd like, but I expect him to improve on that as he gains experience and gets more comfortable with major league pitching. He's only got 754 career at bats. Right. You know, his stack. That's a lot of time last year. He did. He certainly did. His stat cast data from last year painted the picture of a player who made quality contact with above average exit VLO of 91.6 miles an hour and a hard hit rate of 47.3%, which was also above average. His barrel rate improved to 11.3% as well. He's got some speed. He was successful in all seven of his stolen base attempts. Coming into this year, for me, expectations are high. Um, I think he's going to evolve into a cornerstone for the Tigers in that lineup. Projection-wise, I think a batting average in the range of 280 to 290 seems attainable given his contact skills and speed. I think if he continues to mature in his power approach, Getting to that 15, 20 home run mark could become the new norm for him, along with a potential increase in stolen bases. He does have room for improvement, though. Uh, I'd like to see him strike out a little bit less and continue to refine his plate discipline to boost his on-base percentage a, a little bit further. As he continues to adapt to major league pitching and, and hone his approach at the plate, I think it's reasonable to anticipate his OPS pushing, pushing up over 800, maybe to, to 820. Uh, I think he represents an, an intriguing option with a, a balanced blend of average power and speed. He's got multi-category contributions, particularly in runs scored, home runs, and RBI. And, you know, throwing in a few stolen bases makes him valuable in, in all formats. 
I like the upward trajectory of his performance, and I think he could be a, a big breakout candidate for this year, making him a, a fantastic target in the mid-rounds of drafts. He's another dude to keep an eye on in spring training, looking for any signs of continued improvement or adjustment that could impact his value even further. For this year, my admittedly biased projection, <laughs> 20 home runs, 70 RBIs, 75 runs, 12 steals, a 295, 360, 450 triple slash, good for an 810 OPS. Now, this is probably his, you know, close to his 80th percentile outcome as opposed to, you know, what we could conservatively expect. Right. But the guy's got the prospect pedigree. He did well in the minors. You can see the raw skills there. Uh, to borrow a phrase from the NFL, we're seeing flashes with him, right? And he's yeah. going to get plenty of playing time provided he stays healthy. Exactly. It's it's kind of interesting because his strikeout rate is it's so bad, but his contact, you know, metrics are are pretty good. Line drive rate is 26.3%. That's good for fourth in the league behind Arise, Freddie Freeman, and Bichette. It's a pretty good company. Hard contact percentage 39.1. That would have been 25th in the league, tied with somebody like Kyle Schwarber. So it's kind of bizarre to see that some such incredibly good contact metrics with all those strikeouts. He definitely needs to take a step forward. I don't think the Tigers are going to do him any favors with a lot of ton, like ton of runs and RBI chances just because it is the Tigers. I'll be, you know, a little more down to earth than Matt. Um, but like you mentioned, the pedigree is there. Um, he did have that um, Tommy John surgery, but he started his first game on Tuesday, batting leadoff, played in right field. So seems to be fully healthy. And um, he's he has 30, 20, 280 batting average potential. Sure. I and and I think well. that's that's probably what you're going to get from him at his peak. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's likely not going to be this year, but I'm an optimistic fan. Okay. Okay, next up. Dude, somewhere. Jeez, where's this guy? Masataka Yoshida with the Red Sox. Uh, ADP of 179 You can get him for about $7. Um, auction value on NFBC. Number 30th outfielder last season. Scored 398 points, 2.8 a game. He's currently being drafted the 42nd off the board. We have him ranked just slightly higher at number 39. Um New to the league last year from Japan, played plenty of baseball already, but known for his low strikeout rate. Very good, but he kind of had a Jekyll and Hyde season uh, last year. Looked excellent in the first half, slashing 316, 382, 492 slugging for an 874 OPS. That's just excellent. Uh, low strikeout rate, decent walk rate, had 10 homers and 44 RBIs, and then he crashed and burned in the second half. Slash 254, 278. Uh, 386, his, his OPS tanked, you know, almost uh, over 200 points down to 663. He struck out a hell of a lot more at 18% um, and only had five dingers and, and got 28 ribbies in. I got, it's difficult to project more home runs with him. His fly ball rates, uh, not great. 26% um, as well. Going to probably receive the majority of bats at DH. He is not a gifted outfield or not a gifted fielder. <laughs> uh, very below average fielder. Won't steal any more bases than what he did as well. His sprint speed's very low as well in the bottom 20% uh, of the league. 
I like that he's surrounded by the the talents there of Devers um, or Devers, sorry, uh, Tristan Cassis, young guy coming up, and Trevor Story if he's healthy and, and can um, get out some stats, it could help improve uh, Yoshida. Where his ADP is, what do we have him at? One seventy nine. A lot of guys going around there, like Pasquantino at one seventy two, Carlos Rondon at one seventy seven, one seventy eight, Trevor Story that I just mentioned, right around one seventy eight. Who you might find more upside than the comparatively priced Yoshida. I'll have him at 17 home runs this year, 70 RBIs, 70 runs as well. Handful of stolen bases. I think he'll slash 282, 349, 435 with an OPS of 784. He's ideally, you know, it's going to be slotting as an outfielder three, outfielder four in most fantasy lineups. Yeah, and I think... It's going to be interesting because he came in and you're right. You know, he did so well right off the bat and then the league adjusted to him. Right. And so now it's up to him to adjust back. But I do like his eye at the plate. I think he's somebody who's better in points leagues than in roto leagues just because of, you know, the overall low strikeouts. Um, I'm not really hopeful for Boston this year as a team. And so his run production, I I think there is a ceiling on that and what he can provide. Um, But at the same time, you know, again, it goes back to what I just said. We need to see how he adjusts. Like there is, he's one of those people who's got a wide range of outcomes for this year. Sure. And, and there's several, Okay, I'll just say it again. Several outcomes that could likely happen. <laughs> you know, you just have to to think about uh, again. What does your roster construction look like? What do you need at the time? You're not going to get any studs likely at this point in the draft. I would like to see him lift the ball a little more. He's got a very ground ball heavy approach at 55. percent And when you don't have the foot speed, that's generally not a recipe for success. So. You know, you mentioned some some other players who are going at similar points in the drafts. I, I'm not really jumping to to take Yoshida. If it happens, all right, but I'm taking him as a depth piece and, and hopefully not counting on him to start. Right. And it's somebody who you might draft and you might end up releasing three weeks later. You, you don't know. You just don't know. All right. Next so, up. Yeah. So we got yeah. somebody else in a, a similar boat here. When you talk about prospect pedigree, they don't really get much better than Jared Kelenic. Last year, he was a number 99 outfielder. Kudos to him for keeping it in the top 100. Scored 246 points, 2.3 points per game. Right now, he's a number 49 outfielder off the board with an ADP at a massive 214. Yeah. You can get him for $7. Um, he was with the, the Mariners for 2023 and, and, you know, quite frankly, he showed some significant improvement and it may be a turning point in his young career. He really struggled in his first two seasons. Um, but last year he appeared in 105 games, had a 253 batting average, 327 on base and a 419 slugging, giving him a 746 OPS, which is, you know, a little bit above average. <clears throat> He showcased his versatility. He had 25 doubles, 11 home runs, drove in 49 and stole 13. He increased his walk rate to 9.9% and slightly reduced his strikeout rate, but it's still an astronomical 31.7%. So there's a little bit improvement there. The 11 home runs, seven of them came in April. 
So he got off to a hell of a start. Yeah. Um, looking at his stat cast data, his average uh, exit velocity was just a hair under 91 miles an hour, and his hard hit rate was up over 45%. So he's making better quality contact. We saw some growth in his line drive rate and saw a decrease in, in fly ball rate, which I'm not necessarily too mad at. The main thing is I want you to hit the ball hard and, and line drives have a better chance of becoming a hit. Looking forward to this year. Based on his current trajectory, it, it suggests there might be some further improvement as he continues to adjust to major league pitching. With last year providing a solid foundation uh, a batting <laughs> average closer to 260 or 270 is within reach if he maintains or improves his contact quality uh, increasing his power output to reach 15 to 20 home runs could also be a realistic goal considering his age and developmental curve and, and again the the prospect pedigree for him to really significantly impact the fantasy baseball and, and your team he's going to need to continue to refine his plate discipline he's got to get his on base percentage up he's got to cut down uh on the strikeouts 31 percent is just not sustainable if he expects to stay in the show he's got some speed to him i wouldn't be shocked if he upped his stolen base total you know somewhere close to 15 to 20 uh if he can improve his efficiency and, and just be smarter about picking his spots Glimmers for hope, right? We all know that that young hitters generally struggle with breaking balls. He was complete ass against breaking balls in 2022. He had a, a 0.57 average. Didn't even hit 100 against him. But he showed massive improvement last year. He hit 221 against breaking balls despite seeing three times as many of them. He's got a good all-around skill set, and it makes him an intriguing late-round pick, especially in keeper and dynasty formats. He's only 24 years old. The strikeout rate still poses a huge risk to his average, but the combination of power and speed is very real and intriguing. He's going to hit low in the Atlanta order, but he's going to have plenty of opportunity in a much better lineup this season. But there's going to be added pressure just because of how much talent is on that team and what the Braves have in their farm system. He's another dude with a very, very, very wide range of outcomes. I'll be a little optimistic again, and, and what can I say? You know, I'm a, I'm a positive dude. I'll give him 17 home runs, 60 RBIs, 60 runs, 20 steals, a 260, 330, 420 slash line, good for a 750 OPS. Um. Hopefully he matures a little bit or the veterans there around. Well, there's a pretty young core in Atlanta too, but that team, uh, he's the guy that broke his foot last year and he kicked yep. a water, kicked a water cooler. So hopefully that's not an issue. And he's done some growing up as well. And he's, uh, in, in on a great team with a great lineup in, in, uh, you know, some new scenery, um, his struggles in, in the big leagues this far has definitely come against left-handed pitching. Uh, he's hit 189, 255, 311 against uh, South Pauls. But the team announced last week that they're leaning towards every day at bats for him rather than a platoon role. Um, I guess when you have the lineup that uh, Atlanta offers, you can probably afford him some some regular at bats um, as well. He's going to be sticking around there. He's not eligible for agency until 2029. He fits right in with all the other young guys that are under long-term deals. I think it's a good fit for him. I, I, I like a rebound. I think he's going to do well this year. You know, and, and it's kind of funny because speaking very generally, most hitters struggle against same side pitching, and, and that's why we have platoons. 
but I kind of compare it to the NFL when you've got a young quarterback. Do you sit them and let them learn, or do you just run them out there and, and let them learn on the job? The only way you're going to get better against same side pitching is to face same side pitching. Right. But some dudes are, are just so bad that the juice isn't worth the squeeze and you don't want to run them out there. But with just how much talent this guy has, I don't hate it. Give him a shot. Let him see how it works. Yeah. This is a, a very low risk, high reward kind of player for them. It is. And for your team. It is. Yeah. Um, and he'll be, you know, what, playing left. They didn't sign. Reset, keep Eddie Rosario. Why would you? Um, so he's going to, I think he's going to fit in nicely there. Next up, you knew we weren't going to go a uh, show without talking about another tiger, right? <laughs> uh, we got Kerry Carpenter, uh, currently an ADP of 215, going for about $4 on NFBC auction values. Put together a nice season last year, uh, was number 57 outfielder uh, last season. He's number 50 off the board going this year. We have him ranked on our rankings right at number 50 as well. Um, Played as well into a full-time role, slash 278, 340, 471, uh, with an 811 OPS. That OPS is higher than Riley Green and Spencer Torkinson last year, so um, kind of nice to see. Um, he got kind of banged up, too. I remember he crashed into a wall, and and, and it fucked up his shoulder for a while there. Um, so he kind of had a mediocre July but a fantastic uh, August performance slash 347, 405, 653 with nine home runs, 20 ribbies, 21 runs, and two stolen bases in just 28 games. He has the metrics of a, a above average hitter. Uh, he's above average in expected batting average, expected slugging, exit velo, hard hit, and barrel rate. But he is below average in chase rate, whiff rate, and strikeout rate and walk rate. Still a younger guy. Jeez, he was like, what a shit, a 19th round pick or something for us. Uh, I, that's that's the round that's coming to my memory. But um, kind of weird. He didn't attempt, attempt to steal a base until August 26th. I mean, he only had six last year. Um, but his sprint speed's in the 70th percentile, so certainly possible that he could take more chances this next season. He's also kind of a rarity. We were just mentioning platoons uh, with the player before, and he's a lefty that doesn't really get platooned uh, that much. His 235 batting average against Southpaws isn't, you know, earth-shattering or anything, but he does walk more and strike out less versus lefties. So that that could build uh, off his uh Impressive first full season last year. Projected to bat cleanup. So he's going to, I got him slashing 260, 320, 456 with a 778 OPS. I think he's going to get 28 home runs, 75 RBIs, score 65 runs. And I'm going to say he's going to get 10, I'll go with nine stolen bases. He's a quality outfielder at a really cheap price. Yeah, he is. And for me, really, the, the big thing is just, the threat of a platoon because if he gets every day at bats and they run him out there against you know righties and lefties alike where he's going at 215 there is a substantial opportunity for equity in that pick um i i think if he continues to improve you know he's he's a young dude he's gonna get plenty of opportunity there with detroit because they're not expecting to contend this year they're still trying to figure out exactly what they have in a lot of these young players. I'm not saying he's going to be a cornerstone for your team, but he's somebody who 
isn't going to hurt you by being in your lineup. Um, the 811 OPS is, is damn healthy. Yeah. Maybe he, I mean, if he plays 150 games, I would feel relatively confident in saying he could give you 30 home runs and, you know, maybe closer to, to 80 or 90 RBIs. A lot of it is just going to come down to, you know, what exactly they uh, do with him. I think according to fan graphs, and I'm just pulling this up now here to take a look, they are projecting him to platoon. We'll see how things work out. It's still Let's early see. yet. We're not even to March. So considering where he's going, I mean, he's not free, but for $4, I think he's definitely worth the risk. Agreed. Of course, again, I am biased. That's my squad. <laughs> All right. Next up, a guy who is trying to relive his former glory, like all of us are, Chris Bryant. But failing really bad at it. Yes. <clears throat> the Colorado Rockies. <clears throat> he was the number 144 outfielder last season. Scored 178 points, good for 2.2 a game. <clears throat> He's the number 60 outfielder off the board right now. An ADP of 265. You can pick him up for two bucks. You can't even get a damn McDouble for that nowadays. So, yes, Chris Bryant is cheaper than a McDonald's hamburger. Um, <laughs> for the second year in a row, he played 80 games or fewer. He made some recent comments, actually, about not doing his proper research into the Rockies prospects and farm system before signing there. But quite frankly, he's not done anything himself to help make the team better because his ass isn't on the field. In those 80 games last year, he put up a 233, 313, 367 slash line, a noticeable decline from his career averages. He had a 680 OPS and a 76 OPS plus. He was 24% below league average. Only ran into 10 home runs, drove in 30 run, 31. Had a decent walk rate at 8.7%, which was consistent with his career norms. Uh, but his strikeout rate did increase to 20.3%. Still a little bit below league average. Um, his stat cast data gives us a picture of a player still capable of making solid contact, but struggling to do so consistently. His EV was 85.7 miles an hour, which is below average uh, by almost three miles an hour. And his hard hit rate, a 31.5%, were both down from previous years. And, and you know, that's a decrease in, in quality contact. Uh, again, both are well below league average. Coming into this season, it's a critical year for his career trajectory. He's going to be 32, and he's going to need to adjust his approach to regain his form as a middle-of-the-order bat. I don't really know if he can do it, quite frankly. Um, you know, we're hoping he maintains his plate discipline because that's going to be a big thing for him. By continuing to draw walks and waiting for pitches, he can drive. He can increase his on-base percentage and help set the table for the Rockies lineup. He's probably going to be hitting uh, second in the order. But the big thing is going to be health. He needs to stay on the field to to really have any kind of decent fantasy viability. Um, the projections I'm going to give here are assuming he stays relatively healthy for the season, playing in somewhere between 130 to 140 games. That's a big if. And, and like all of us know, if ifs were fists, we'd all be drunk. Um <laughs> For 2024, I'm thinking somewhere around 18 home runs, 65 RBIs, 60 runs, a 260, 340, 430 triple slash good for a 770 OPS. 
His career OPS is 863. I think he can still get on base. Health is the issue. Um, they're projecting him, and he is working, and 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 he's going to play first base. He's going to see some right field. He's going to see some DH. But the plan right now in spring training is to make him the regular uh, everyday first baseman. We'll see. Like you said, he needs to play 140 games to be valuable. So um, we'll see. Maybe the Rockies might not be ridiculously terrible either if Tovar and Nolan Jones can kind of uh, keep ascending. We'll see. Love me some Nolan Jones. Yeah, I like him as well. But, yeah, there's a part of me that wants to say Chris Bryant's my sleeper this year, but then I realize, no, Kyle. No. Yes. Ignore (laughs) that part of you. Uh, next up, our last outfielder of the, the night here is, uh, Jake Fraley with the Cincinnati Reds. He's when, uh, you're drafting him you're, you've been, you've been in your draft room for quite a while at this fucking point. Uh, he's going for three fifty six. Uh, you can get him for a buck, uh, was the number 65 outfielder, uh, last season scoring two ninety nine and a half, two point seven 2.7 a game. I think he got a gets lost in the shuffle out there in Cincinnati with uh, TJ Friedel and Will Benson as well are getting more attention um, from fantasy managers as well. Their ADPs are significantly lower than uh, Mr. Fraley here, but um, gets to play half his games at Great American Ballpark. Mentioned this the other uh, Tuesday night on somebody there. Can't remember who it is, but um, that's a stadium with the third best overall park factor, highest park factor for home runs in the last three seasons. Um, it's kind of weird. He actually seems to play a little bit better on the road. It's obviously his power is not as, uh, um, plentiful on the road, but drew walks at a higher clip, uh, away from home, 6.8% at home versus 13% on the road. That's actually something he's done in each of the last two seasons with the reds. He also struck out less on the road, not much 17, two to, to 19, nine at home. So some some opportunities there. Doesn't hit the ball very hard either. Below average and exit below hard hit and barrel rate. Um, in fact, he is in the bottom 1% of the league in average exit below at 84.6%. I did some research on that. There's some high schoolers out there hitting that with metal or wood bats. Don't matter. So uh, he's like a noodle out there in his pop. He, he has none. Um Negative. They don't really use the Reds aren't going to play him against left-handed pitching that often. He had 336 at bats last year. Only 34 came against lefties. When he's playing, I think he's pretty fantasy friendly, but uh, he does hit in the top part of the the, the order. Uh, majority of his bats were third or fourth in the order. I think that only helps. That'll help him with some counting stats when he plays with that exciting Reds lineup. Um, last year, Cincinnati scored the ninth most runs in the league. So um, they were fun to watch. If you're looking for an outfielder like TJ Friedel and you're unable to get him uh, at his 150 or whatever he's at, Friedel could be a decent consolation prize nearly 170 some picks later. I got him slashing 263, 344, 463 with an 807 OPS. Went a little high there. 18 home runs, 68 RBIs, 60 runs, and he's fast too. I think he'll get 20 uh, stolen bases. He had 21 last season. So I like him. Somebody cheap, you know, somebody you're going to get at the last bit of your, your your draft or your auction league. Definitely a depth piece. Could turn out being something else, though. 
by the second half of the year. Sure. So he's somebody you take with your last pick. I think he's a better asset in leagues with daily moves as opposed to weekly moves. Makes sense. Um, you know, he might give you 20 stolen bases. He's got some decent plate discipline. He can draw a walk at a better than average rate. He doesn't strike out uh, as much as the average major leaguer either. Playing time is going to be the issue. And look, when you're talking about a dollar player, what you're really saying is if I could just get you for free, I would. You're yeah. you're worth a buck to me. Yeah. You know, again, last round pick. I need to do a projection on him just because playing time is going to be such a question for him. Um it, it's a good young team there in, in Cincinnati. I think if he gets regular playing time due to injury or some of these young guys kind of underperforming, especially earlier in the season, he's somebody who, if he can get in there and, and kind of get hot, maybe I look to flip him. Yeah. But, or, you just, or you just happen to pick him up on waivers. You ride that hot streak for as long as it's going to last two weeks, three weeks. And then you dump them and you've won some matchups, hopefully, in those those few weeks. Yeah, fingers crossed. Exactly. And that concludes our outfielder preview. Uh, as we mentioned before, we're going to be diving into pitchers next week, but this has been a lot of fun. As we finish up our position previews next week, we are going to be putting out some updated rankings because there will be some news coming out of uh, out of spring training. And, and we want to make sure we're up to date with all of our uh, information going to be getting the uh, the podcast Fantasy Baseball League set up this weekend, too. So we'll get that information out to you on the socials, and, and we'll make sure to get it in the descriptions next week as well. We're going to shoot for a 10-team league. If we can get 12 teams, that'd be awesome, too. You know, fantasy baseball is not as popular as fantasy football, but we've got a, a you know, there's a few folks that are in, interested in baseball, and, and maybe we'll throw you a, a gift card and, and some swag if you can manage to beat uh, either Kyle or I. Um, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll see how that works out. Right. But it's been a lot of fun talking about these outfielders, and, and we're looking to, you know, identify some studs and, and some some solid floor guys and some sleepers. Again, we're on that march to 200 subscribers. Give us a hand. Smash the like button. Subscribe on up. We're going to give you that quality, mediocre content that you have come <laughs> to expect from us. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Dubo says count him in the league. You got it, brother. You are in. Yep, I know he's in. Blue Yeas is in. Uh, I know AJ, uh, who won the Fantasy Football League, said he's also interested as well. Um, so that's at least five, uh, uh, as well. Uncle Ted, you're welcome to join as well. Well, like I said, like Matt said, we'll let everybody know in the description. Yeah. Um, cool. Loud boy is going to jump in as well. Nice. Hell yes. All right, folks, we're going to leave you for the night. Have a great evening. We'll be back, uh, next Tuesday. Like Matt said, diving into starting pitching. Can't wait. Have a great night, folks. Thanks for watching. See you.